Welcome to Volume 5 of The Enchanted Isle of You. Chapter 14 The Kai and the Kai Kai From the tops of the hills, the travellers caught their first glimpse of the wonderful cities of Twi. Two walls surrounded the cities, and in the walls were two gates just alike. Within the enclosure stood many houses, but all were built in pairs, from the poorest huts to the most splendid palaces. Every street was double, the pavements running side by side. There were two lamp posts on every corner, and in the dim twilight that existed, these lamp posts were quite necessary. If there were trees or bushes anywhere, they invariably grew in pairs, and if a branch was broken on one, it was sure to be broken on the other. The dead leaves fell from both trees at identically the same moment. Much of this Marvel and Nur learned after they had entered the cities, but the view from the hills showed plainly enough that the double plan existed everywhere and in every way in this strange land. They followed the paths down to the gates of the walls, where two pairs of soldiers rushed out and seized their horses by the bridles. These soldiers all seemed to be twins, or at least mates, and each one of each pair was as like the other as our two peas growing in the same pod. If one had a red nose, the other's was red in the same degree, and the soldiers that held the bridles of Nurl's horse both had their left eyes bruised and blackened, as if from the blow of the same force. These soldiers, as they looked upon Nurl and the prince, seemed fully as much astonished and certainly more frightened than their prisoners. They were dressed in bright yellow uniforms with green buttons, and the soldiers who had arrested the prince had both torn their left coat sleeves and had patches of the same shape upon the seats of their trousers. "'How dare you stop us, fellows?' asked the prince sternly. The soldiers, holding his horse, had turned and looked inquiringly at the soldiers holding Nurl's horse, and these turned to look at a double captain who came out of two doors in the wall and walked up to them. "'Such things were never before heard of!' said the two captains, their startled eyes fixed upon the prisoners. We must take him to the Kai and the Kai Kai. Why so? asked Prince Marvel. Because, replied the officers, they are rulers under grace of the High Kai, and all unusual happenings must be brought to their notice. It's our law, you know, the law of the Kingdom of Twi. Very well, said Marvel quietly. Take us where you will, but if any harm is intended us, you will be made to regret it. The Kai and the Kakai will decide, returned the captains gravely, their words sounding at the same instant. And then the two pairs of soldiers led the horses through the double streets, the captains marching ahead with drawn swords, and crowds of twin men and twin women coming from the double doors of the double houses to gaze upon the strange sight of men and horses who were not double. Presently they came upon a twin palace, with twin turrets rising high into the air. And before the twin doors the prisoners dismounted. 
Marble was escorted through one door and Nerf through the other, and then they saw each other going down a double hallway to a room with a double entrance. Passing through this, they found themselves in a large hall with two domes set side by side in the roof. The domes were formed of stained glass, and the walls of the hall were ornamented by pictures in pairs, and each pair showed identically the same scenes. This was, of course, reasonable enough in such a land where two people would always be looking at two pictures at the same time and admire them in the same way with the same thoughts. Beneath one of the domes stood a double throne on which sat the Kai of Twi, a pair of grey-bearded and bald-headed men who were lean and lank and stoop-shouldered. They had small eyes, black and flashing, long hooked noses, great pointed ears. And they were smoking two pipes from which the smoke curled in exactly the same circles and clouds. Beneath the other dome sat the Kai Kai of Twi, also on double thrones similar to those of the Kai. The Kai Kai were two young men and had golden hair combed over their brows and banged straight across. Their eyes were blue and mild in expression, and their cheeks pink and soft. The Kai Kai were playing softly upon a pair of musical instruments that resembled mandolins, and they were evidently trying to learn a new piece of music. For when one Kai Kai struck a false note, the other Kai Kai struck the same false note at the same time, and the same expression of annoyance came over the two faces at the same moment. When the prisoners entered, the pairs of captains and soldiers bowed low to the pair of rulers, and the Kai exclaimed, both in the same voice of surprise. Great Kaikaku, what have we here? Most wonderful prisoners, your highnesses," answered the captains. "We found them at your city's gate and brought them to you at once. They are, as your highnesses will see, each singular, but half of what he should be." "Tis so," cried the double Kai in loud voices, slapping their right thighs with their right palms at the same time. "Most remarkable! Most remarkable!" I don't see anything remarkable about it," returned Prince Marvel calmly. "It is you who are not singular but double. That seems strange and outlandish." Perhaps, perhaps," said the two old men thoughtfully. "It, it is, is what, what we, we are, are not accustomed, accustomed to that, that seems to us remarkable." Eh, Kai Kai," they added, turning to the other rulers. The Kai Kai, who had not spoken a word but continued to play softly, simply nodded their blonde heads carelessly. So the Kai looked again at the prisoners and asked, "How did you get here?" "We cut the hole through the prickly hedge," replied Prince Marvel. "A hole through the hedge! Great Kaikaku!" cried the grey-bearded Kai. "Is there then anything or any place on the other side of the hedge?" "Well, of course, the world is there," returned the prince, laughing. The old men looked puzzled and glanced sharply from their little black eyes at the prisoners. We thought nothing existed outside the hedge of Twi," they answered simply. "But your presence here proves we were wrong, eh, Kai Kai?" This last was again directed toward the pair of musicians, who continued to play and only nodded quietly as before. "Now that you're here," said the twin Kai, stroking their two grey beards with their left hands in a nervous way, "it must be evident to you that you don't belong here." Therefore, you must go back through the hedge again and stay on the other side, eh, Kai Kai? The Kai Kai still continued playing, but now spoke the first words the prisoners had heard from them. They must die, 
said the Kai Kai in soft, agreeable voices. Die! echoed the twin Kai. Die! Great Kai Kaku! And why so? Because if there is a world on the other side of the hedge, they would tell on their return all about the land of Twi, and others of their kind would come through the hedge from curiosity and annoy us. We cannot be annoyed. We are busy. Having delivered this speech, both the Kai Kai went on playing the new tune as if the matter was settled. Nonsense! retorted the old Kai angrily. You are getting more and more bloodthirsty every day, our sweet and gentle Kai Kai. But we are the Kai, and we say the prisoners shall not die. We say they shall, answered the youthful Kai Kai, nodding their two heads at the same time with a positive motion. You may be the Kai, but we are the Kai Kai, and your superior. Not in this case, declared the old man. Where life, life and death, death are concerned, we have equal powers with you. And if we disagree, asked the players gently. Great Kikaku! If we disagree, the High Kai must judge between us, roared the twin Kai excitedly. Quite so, answered the Kiki. The strangers shall die. They shall not die, stormed the old men with fierce gestures toward the others, while both pairs of black eyes flashed angrily. Then we disagree, and they must be taken to the High Kai, returned the blonde musicians, beginning to play another tune. The two Kai rose from their thrones, paced two steps to the right and three steps to the left, and then sat down again. Very well, they said to the captains, who had listened unmoved to the quarrel of the rulers. Keep these half-men safe prisoners until tomorrow morning. And then the Kai Kai and we ourselves will conduct them to the mighty High Kai. At this command, the twin captains bowed again to both pairs of rulers and led Prince Marvel and Nerl from the room. Then they were escorted along the streets to the twin houses of the captains, and here the officers paused and scratched their left ears with uncertain gestures. They're only being half of each of you, they said. We don't know how to lock each of you up in double rooms. Oh, let us occupy the same room, said Prince Marvel. We prefer it. Very well, answered the captains. We must transgress our usual customs in any event, so you may well as be large as you wish. So Nerl and the prince were thrust into a large and pleasant room. The double doors were locked upon them by twin soldiers, and they were left to their own thoughts. Chapter 15 The High Kai of Twi "'Tell me, Prince, are we awake or asleep?' asked Nerl as soon as they were alone. "'There is no question of our being awake,' replied the Prince with a laugh. "'But what a curious country it is, and what funny people!' "'We can't call them odd or singular,' said the Esquire. "'For everything is in even numbers and double in appearance. "'It makes me giddy to look at them, "'and I keep feeling for myself to make sure there's still only one of me.' "'You are but half a boy,' laughed the prince. "'At least so long as you remain in the land of Twi. "'I'd like to get out of it in double time, quick,' answered Nell. "'And we should even now be on the other side of the hedge "'were it not for that wicked pair of Kai-Kai "'who are determined to kill us.' "'It is strange,' said the prince thoughtfully. 
that the fierce-looking old Kai should be our friends and the gentle Kakai our enemies. How little one can tell from appearances what sort of heart beats in a person's body. Before Nurl could answer, the two doors opened and two pairs of soldiers entered. They drew two small tables before the prince and two before Nurl, and then other pairs of twin soldiers came and spread cloths on the tables and set twin platters of meat and bread and fruit on each of the tables. When the meal had been arranged, the prisoners saw that there was enough for four people instead of two, and the soldiers realized this also, for they turned puzzled looks first on the tables and then on the prisoners. Then they shook all their twin heads gravely and went away, locking the twin doors behind them. "'Well, we have one advantage in being singular,' said Nurl cheerfully, "'and that is that we are not likely to starve to death, "'for we can eat the portions of our missing twins as well as our own.' "'I should think you would enjoy starving,' remarked the prince. "'No, I believe I have more exquisite suffering in store for me "'since I have met that gentle pair of Kaikai,' said Nurl. "'While they were eating, the two captains came in and sat down in two chairs.' These captains seemed friendly fellows, and after watching the strangers for a while, they remarked, We are glad to see you able to eat so heartily, for tomorrow you will probably die. That is by no means certain, replied Marvel, cutting a piece from one of the twin birds on a platter before him, to the extreme surprise of the captains, who had always before seen both birds carved alike at the same time. Your grey-bearded old Kai say we shall not die. True replied the captains. But, but the Kai-Kai have declared you shall. Their powers seem to be equal, said Nurl, and we ought to be taken before the High-Kai for judgment. Therein lies your danger, returned the captains, speaking in the same tones and with the same accents on their words. For it's well known the Kai-Kai has more influence with the High-Kai than the Kai has. Hold on, cried Nurl. You're making me dizzy again. I can't keep track of all these Kai's. What is the Haikai like? asked Prince Marvel, who was much interested in the conversation of the captains. But this question, the officers seemed unable to answer. They shook their heads slowly and said, The Haikai are not visible to the people of Twi. Only in cases of the greatest importance are the Haikai ever even bothered, or even approached by the Kai and the Kai Kai who are supposed to rule the land according to their own judgment. But if they chance to disagree, then the matter is carried before the High Kai, who live in a palace surrounded by high walls in which there are no gates. Only these rulers have ever seen the other side of the walls or know what the High Kai are like. That is strange, said the prince. But we ourselves, it seems, are to see the High Kai tomorrow. And whoever they may chance to be, we hope to remain alive after the interview. That's a vain hope, answered the captains. For it's well known that the High Kai usually decide in favor of the Kai Kai and against the wishes of the old Kai. That's certainly encouraging, said Nurl. When the captains had gone and left them to themselves, the esquire confided to his master his expectations to the following speech. This High Kai sounds something terrible and fierce in my ears, and as they are doubtless a pair... They will be twice as terrible and fierce. Perhaps his royal doublets will torture me most exquisitely before putting me to death, and then I shall feel I have not lived in vain. They slept in comfortable beds that night, although an empty twin bed stood beside each one they occupied, 
and in the morning they were served another excellent meal, after which the captains escorted them to the twin palaces of the Kai and the Kai Kai. There the two pairs of rulers met them and headed the long procession of soldiers toward the palace of the Hai Kai. First came a band of music in which many queer sorts of instruments were played in pairs by twin musicians, and it was amusing to Nell to see the twin drummers roll their twin drums exactly at the same time, and the twin trumpets peal out twin notes. After the band marched the double Kai Kai and the double Kai, their four bodies side by side in a straight line. The Kai Kai had left their musical instruments in the palace, and now wore yellow gloves with green stitching down the backs, and swung gold-headed canes jauntily as they walked. The Kai stooped their aged shoulders and shuffled along with their hands in their pockets, and only once did they speak, and that was to roar, "Great Kinkakoo!" When the Kai Kai jabbed their canes down on the Kai's toes, following the Kai Kai and the Kai. Came the prince and Nell, escorted by the twin captains, and then there were files of twin soldiers bringing up the rear. Crowds of twin people, with many twin children amongst them, turned out to watch the unusual display, and many pairs of twin dogs barked together in unison and snapped at the heels of the marching twin soldiers. By and by, they reached the great wall surrounding the High Kai's palace, and sure enough, there was never a gate in the wall by which any might enter. But when the Kai and the Kai Kai had blown a shrill signal upon two pairs of whistles, they all beheld two flights of silver steps begin to descend from the top of the wall, and these came nearer and nearer the ground until at last they rested at the feet of the Kai. Then the old men began ascending the steps carefully and slowly, and the captains motioned to the prisoners to follow. So Prince Marvel followed one of the Kai up the steps and Nell the other Kai. While the two Kai Kai came behind them, so they could not escape. So to the top of the wall they climbed, where a pair of twin servants in yellow and green, which seemed to be the royal colours, welcomed them and drew up the pairs of silver steps. Afterwards, letting them down on the other side of the wall, side by side, they descended in the same order as they had mounted to the top of the wall. And now Prince Marvel and Nell found themselves in a most beautiful garden, filled with twin beds of twin flowers. With many pairs of rare shrubs, also there were several doubled statuettes on pedestals and double fountains, sending exactly the same sprays of water the same distance into the air. Double walks ran in every direction through the garden, and in the center of the enclosure stood a magnificent twin palace, built of blocks of white marble, exquisitely carved. The Kai and the Kai Kai at once led their prisoners toward the palace and entered at its large arched double doors. Where several pairs of servants met them, these servants they found were all dumb, so that should they escape from the palace walls, they could tell no tales of the High Kai. The prisoners now proceeded through several pairs of halls, winding this way and that, and at last came to a pair of golden double doors leading into the throne room of the mighty High Kai. Here they all paused, and the Kai Kai both turned to the prince and Nerl and said. You are the only persons, except ourselves and the palace servants, who have ever been permitted to see the High Kai of Twi. As you are about to die, that does not matter. But should you by any chance be permitted to live, you must never breathe a word of what you are about to see, under penalty of a sure and horrible death. The prisoners made no reply to this speech, and after the two Kai Kai had given them another mild look from their gentle blue eyes, these officials. Clapped their twin hands together 
and the doors of gold flew open. A perfect silence greeted them, during which the double Kai and the double Kai Kai bent their four bodies low and advanced into the throne room, followed by Prince Marvel and Nurl. In the centre of the room stood two thrones of dainty filigree work in solid gold, and over them were canopies of yellow velvet, the folds of which were caught up and draped with bands of green ribbon. On the thrones were seated two of the sweetest and fairest little maidens that mortal men had ever beheld. Their lovely hair was fine as spiders' webs, their eyes were kind and smiling, their cheeks soft and dimpled, their mouths shapely as a cupid's bow, and tinted like the petals of a rose. Upon their heads were set two crowns of fine-spun gold, worked into fantastic shapes, and set with glittering gems. Their robes were of soft silks of pale yellow, with strings of sparkling emeralds for ornament. Anything so lovely and fascinating as these little maids, who were precisely alike in every particular, neither Prince Marvel nor Nurl had ever dreamt could exist. They stood for a time spellbound and filled with admiration, while the two pairs of rulers bowed again and again before the dainty and lovable persons of their high kai. But it was hard for Nurl to keep quiet for long, and presently he exclaimed, in a voice loud enough to be heard by all present, By the great Kikaku of our friends the kai, these darling high kai of Twi are sweet enough to be kissed. Chapter 16 The Rebellion of the High Kai The bold speech of Nurls made the two damsels laugh at the same time, and their sweet laughter sounded like rippling strains of harmonious music. But the two Kai Kai frowned angrily, and the two Kai looked at the boy in surprise, as if wondering at his temerity. Who are these strangers? asked the pretty High Kai, speaking together as all the twins of Twi did. And why are they not mates? but only half of each other. These questions, your Supreme Highnesses, said the blonde-haired pair of Kai Kai, we are unable to answer. Perhaps then the strangers can answer themselves, said the little maids, smiling first upon the Kai Kai and then upon the prisoners. Prince Marvel bowed. I am from the great outside world, he said, and my name is Prince Marvel. Until now I have never seen people that live in pairs and speak in unison, and act in the same way, and think the same thoughts. My world is much bigger than your world, and in it every person is proud to think and act for himself. You say I am only a half, but that is not so. I am perfect without the counterpart. My friend Nurl is perfect without the counterpart, and it is yourselves who are halved. From the land of Twi, no person is complete or perfect without its other half. It seems to take two of you to make one man, or one maid. The sweet faces of the twin Haikai grew thoughtful of this speech, and they said, Indeed, it may be that you are right, but it is our custom in Twi to do everything double and to live double. Then turning to the Kai, they asked, Why have you brought these strangers here? To ask your Supreme Highnesses to permit them to return again to the world from whence they came, answered the Kai, both of them regarding their Supreme Rulers earnestly. But here the Kai Kai spoke up quickly, in their mild voices, saying, That is not our idea, your highnesses. We, the Kai Kai of Twi, think it is best the strangers be put to death, and we pray your supreme highnesses to favor our wish. The two little maids looked from the Kai to the Kai Kai and frowned, and pouted their rosy lips in evident perplexity. But Nurl whispered to Prince Marble, It's all up to us. 
I know very well why her royal doublets always favour the Kai Kai. It's because they're young and handsome, while the Kai are old and ugly. Both of her will condemn us to death. You see if she don't. This seemed somewhat mixed, but Nerl was in earnest, and Prince Marvel, who had not forgotten his fairy lore, began to weave a silent spell over the head of the nearest twin, Haikai. But just as it was completed, and before he had time to work the spell on the other twin, the Kaikai grew impatient and exclaimed, We beg your highnesses not to keep us waiting. Let us have your decision at once. And the twin maidens raised their fair heads and replied, but the reply was of such a nature that both the old Kai and both the young Kai Kai staggered backward in amazement, for one of the twin High Kai said, They shall die! And the other twin High Kai said at the same instant, They shall not die! Had twin thunderbolts fallen through the twin roofs of the twin palaces and struck the twin Kai and the twin Kai Kai upon their twin heads, it would have created no more stupendous a sensation than did this remark. Never before had any two halves of a twin in the land of Twi thought differently or spoke differently. Indeed, it startled the two maidens themselves as much as it did their hearers, for each one turned her head toward the other and for the first time in her life looked into the other's face. This act was fully as strange as their speech, and a sudden horrible thought came into the startled heads of the twin Kai and the twin Kai Kai. The high Kai of Twi was no longer one, but two, and these two were thinking and acting each independent of the other. It is no wonder the shock rendered them speechless for a time, and they stood swaying their four bodies, with their eight eyes bulging out like those of fishes, and their four mouths wide open as if the two pairs had become one quartet. The faces of the two maids flushed as they gazed upon each other. "'How dare you contradict me?' asked one. "'How dare you contradict me?' demanded the other, and not only were these questions asked separately, but the accent on the words was different, and their twin minds seemed to get farther apart every moment. "'I'm the High Kai of Twi,' said one. "'You're not. I'm the High Kai,' retorted the other. "'The stranger shall die,' snapped one. "'They shall live,' cried the other. "'My will is supreme.' "'It's not. My will is supreme,' returned the other twin. The bald heads of the ancient Kai were bobbing in amazement, first to one maid and then to the other. The blonde hairs of the two Kai Kai were standing almost on end, and their eyes stared straight before them as if stupefied with astonishment. Nerl was bellowing with rude laughter and holding his sides to keep from getting a stitch in them, while Prince Marvel stood quietly attentive, smiling with genuine amusement, for he alone understood what had happened to separate the twin High Kai. The girls did not seem to know how to act under their altered conditions. After a time, one of them said, "'We will leave our dispute to be settled by the Kai and the Kai Kai.' "'Very well,' agreed the other. "'Then I say your half is right,' declared the Kai Kai, both their right forefingers pointing to the maiden who had condemned the strangers to death. "'And I decide that your half is right,' exclaimed the Kai, both their trembling forefingers pointing to the maiden who had said the stranger should live. "'Well,' said one girl. "'Well,' said the other. "'The powers of the Kai and the Kai Kai are equal,' said the first. "'We are no nearer a settlement of our dispute than we were before.' "'My dear young ladies,' said Prince Marvel politely, "'I beg you will take time to think the matter over "'and see if you cannot come to an agreement. "'We are in no hurry.' "'Very well,' 
decided the twins, speaking both together this time. We, we command you all to remain in the palace until we have settled our own strange dispute. The servants will care for you, and when we are ready to announce our decision, we shall again send for you. Everyone bowed at this command and retired from the room, but Nur looked over his shoulder as he went through the doorway and saw that the two Haikai had turned in their seats and were facing each other, and that both their faces wore angry and determined expressions. Chapter 17 The Separation of the Haikai For nearly a week Prince Marvel and Nerl remained confined to the palace and gardens of the Haikai. Together with the twin Kai, who seemed to be friendly to them, they occupied one of the twin palaces, while the Kai Kai secluded themselves in the other. The pretty Haikai maidens they did not see at all, nor did they know what part of the palaces they occupied, not being permitted to wander away from the rooms allotted to them, except to walk in the garden. There was no way for them to escape, had they felt inclined to, for the silver steps had disappeared. From the garden walks they sometimes caught sight of the solemn heads of the handsome Kai Kai looking at them through the twin windows of the other palace, and although the expression of their faces was always mild and gentle, Nerl and Marvel well knew the Kai Kai were only waiting in hope of having them killed. "'Are you nervous about the decision of the pretty Hai Kai?' asked Nerl one day. "'No, indeed,' said the prince, laughing, "'for I do not expect them to kill me in any event.' "'If I felt as sure of my safety,' returned the boy, "'it would destroy all of my pleasure. "'These are really happy days for me.' Every moment I expect to see the executioner arrive with his axe. The executioner is double, said the two old Kai, breaking into the conversation. You should say you expect to see the executioners arrive with their axes. Then how will they chop off my head with two axes? I suppose they'll both chop at the same instant. And I have but one neck. Wait and see, answered the two Kai, sighing deeply and rubbing their red noses thoughtfully. "'Oh, I'll wait,' answered the boy. "'But as for seeing them cut off my head, I refuse. "'I intend to shut my eyes.' "'So they sat in their rooms or walked in the gardens, "'yawning and waiting, "'until one day, just as the two clocks in the wall "'were striking twenty-four o'clock, "'the door opened, and to their surprise, "'one of the Haikai twins walked in upon them. "'She was as sweet and fair to look upon "'as when she occupied one of the beautiful thrones.' But at first no one could tell which of the high Kai she was, their friend or their enemy. Even the Kai were puzzled and anxious, until the girl said, My other half and I have completely separated, for we have agreed to disagree for all time, and she has gone to ask the Kai Kai to assist her, for war is declared between us, and hereafter her color is to be green and mine yellow. We intend to fight until one of us conquers and overthrows the other. This announcement was interesting to Marvel and Nerl, but greatly shocked the aged Kai, who asked, What's, What's to become, become of our kingdom? kingdom? Half, Half of our high Kai, Kai cannot rule it. It's, it's against, against the law. I will make my own laws when I have won the fight, returned the girl with a lovely smile. So do not let that bother you. And now tell me, will you help me to fight my battles? Willingly, exclaimed Nerl and Prince Marvel, almost as if they had been twins of Kai. And the Kai rubbed their bald heads a moment, and then sneezed together, and wiped their eyes on faded yellow handkerchiefs, and finally declared they would stick to her supreme highness through thick and thin. Then go over the wall to the cities at once, 
and get together all the soldiers to fight for me and my cause, commanded the girl. The twin Kai at once left the room, and the high Kai sat down and began to ask questions of Prince Marvel and Nurl about the big outside world from whence they came. Nurl was rather shy and bashful before the dainty little maiden, whose yellow robe contrasted delightfully with her pink cheeks and blue eyes and brown flowing locks. But Prince Marvel did not mind girls at all, so he talked with her freely, and she in return allowed him to examine the pretty gold crown she wore upon her brow. By and by the Kai came back with both faces sad and gloomy. Your, Your Highness, Highness, they announced, we have bad news for you. The other High Kai, who's wearing a green gown, has been more prompt in action than yourself. She and the Kai Kai have secured the silver steps and will allow no others to use them, and already they have sent for soldiers of the royal armies to come and aid them. So we're unable to leave the garden, and presently the army will be here to destroy us. Then the girl showed her good courage, for she laughed and said, Then we must remain here and fight to the last. And if I am unable to save you, who are my friends, it will be because I cannot save myself. This speech pleased Prince Marvel greatly, and he kissed the little maid's hand respectfully and said, Fear nothing, your highness. My friend and I are not so helpless as you think. We consider it our privilege to protect and save you, instead of your saving us. And we are really able to do this in spite of the other High Kai and her entire army. So they remained quietly in the palace the rest of that day, and no one molested them in the least. In the evening the girl played and sang for them, and the ancient pair of Kai danced a double shuffle for their amusement that nearly convulsed them with laughter, for one danced exactly like the other, and the old men's legs were still very nimble, although their wrinkled faces remained anxiously grave throughout their antics. Nurl also sang a song about the King of Thebes, whom Prince Marvel had conquered, and another about the Red Rogue of Donna, so that altogether the evening passed pleasantly enough, and they managed to forget all their uneasy doubts of the morrow. When at last they separated for the night, Prince Marvel alone did not seek his bed. There was still some business he wished to transact, so he shut himself up in his room and summoned before him, by means of his fairy knowledge, the Prince of the Nooks, the King of the Riles, and the Governor of the Goblins. These were all three his especial friends, and he soon told them the story of the quarrel and the separation of the High Kai, and claimed their assistance. Then he told them how they might aid him, and afterwards dismissed them. Having thus accomplished this task, the Prince Fairy went to bed and slept peacefully the remainder of the night. The next morning the blonde Kai Kai and all the army of Twi, which had been won to their cause, came climbing up the silver steps and over the wall to the palace of the green High Kai, but, to their amazement, they found the twin palaces separated by a wall so high that no ladders nor steps they possessed could reach to the top. It had been built in a single night, and only Prince Marvel and his fairy friends knew how the work had been done so quickly. The yellow Haikai, coming downstairs to breakfast with her friends, found herself securely shut in from her enemies, and the bald-headed old Kai was so pleased to escape that they danced another jig from pure joy. Over the wall could be heard the shouts and threats of the army of Twi, who were seeking a way to get at the fugitives. But for the present our friends knew themselves to be perfectly safe, and they could afford to laugh at the fury of the entire population of Twi. Chapter 18 The Rescue of the High Kai After several days of siege, Prince Marvel began to feel less confident of the safety of his little party, 
The frantic Kaikai had built double battering rams and were trying to batter down the high wall, and they had built several pairs of long ladders with which to climb over the wall, and their soldiers were digging two tunnels in the ground in order to crawl under the wall. Not at once could they succeed, for the wall was strong and it would take long to batter it down, and Nurl stood at the top of the wall and kicked over the ladders as fast as the soldiers of Twi could set them up. And the grey-bearded Kai stood in the garden holding two big flat boards with which to whack the heads of any two who might come through the tunnels. But Prince Marvel realized that the perseverance of his foes might win in the end, unless he took measures to defeat them effectually. So he summoned swift messengers from among the sound elves, who are accustomed to travel quickly, and they carried messengers from him to Wul Takim, the king of the reformed thieves, and to King Terebus of Spore, who had promised him their assistance in case he needed it. The prince did not tell his friends of this action, but after the messengers had been dispatched, he felt easier in his mind. The little Haikai remained as sweet and brave and lovable as ever, striving constantly to cheer and encourage her little band of defenders. But none of them was very much worried, and Nurl confided to the maiden in yellow the fact that he expected to suffer quite agreeably when the Kaikai at last got him into their clutches. Finally a day came when two big holes were battered through the wall, and then the twin soldiers of Twi poured through the holes and began to pound on the doors of the palace itself, in which Prince Marvel and Nurl, the Kai, and the Yellow High Kai had locked themselves as securely as possible. The prince now decided it was high time for his friends to come to their rescue, but they did not appear, and before long the doors of the palace gave way and the soldiers rushed upon them in a vast throng. Nur wanted to fight and to slay as many of the Twi people as possible, but the prince would not let him. These poor soldiers are but doing what they consider their duty, he said, and it would be cruel to cut them down with our swords. Have patience, I pray you. Our triumph will come in good time. The Kiki, who came into the palace accompanied by the green Haikai, ordered the twin soldiers to bind all the prisoners with cords. So one pair of soldiers bound the Kai, and another pair Nurl and the prince, using exactly the same motions in the operation. But when it came to binding the yellow Haikai, the scene was very funny, for twin soldiers tried to do the binding, and there was only one to bind, so that one soldier went through the same motions as his twin in the empty air, and when his other half had firmly bound the girl, his own ropes fell harmless to the ground. But it seemed impossible for one of the twins to do anything differently from the other, so that was the only way the act could be accomplished. Then the green-robed Haikai walked up to the one in yellow and laughed in her face, saying, You see, now which of us is the most powerful, and therefore the most worthy to rule? Had you remained faithful to our handsome Kaikai as I did, you would not be defeated now and disgraced. There is no disgrace in losing one battle, returned the other girl proudly. You are mistaken if you think you have conquered me, and you're wrong to insult one who is, for the time being, your captive. The maiden in green looked for an instant confused and ashamed. Then she tossed her pretty head and walked away. They led all the prisoners out of the garden and then through the broken wall and up and down the silver steps into the great square of the cities of Twi. And here all the population crowded round them, for this was the first time any of them had seen their haikai or even known that they were girls, and the news of their quarrel and separation had aroused a great deal of excitement. Let, Let the executioners, executioners come, come forward, forward, cried the Kai Kai gleefully, 
and in answer to the command, the twin executioners stepped up to the prisoners. They were big men, these executioners, each having a squint in one eye and a scar on the left cheek. They polished their axes a moment on their coat sleeves, and then said to Prince Marvel and Nurl, who were to be the first victims, Don't, don't dodge, please, or our axes may not strike the right place. place. And, and don't, don't be afraid, for the, the blows will only hurt you for an instant. In the land of Twy, it's usually considered a pleasure to be executed by us. We are so exceedingly skillful. I can well believe that, replied Nurl, although his teeth were chattering. But at this instant a loud shout was heard, and the twin people of Twy all turned their heads to find themselves surrounded by throngs of fierce enemies. Prince Marvel smiled, for he saw among the newcomers the giants and dwarves and the stern grey men of King Terebus, with their monarch calmly directing their movements. And on the other side of the circle were the jolly faces and bushy whiskers of the 59 reformed thieves, with the burly Wul Takin at their head.